I now sound like a chipmunk, per the coach videos. You, you did kind of really quickly go back to pre-teenage uh, boy mode here. What's up, Geekiverse? It's Bruner 1.0 here, and once again, I am talking to a stranger on the internet. And that's that's fine. It's normal. I do these things. Uh, my mother told me not to talk to strangers unless it's about wrestling. That's a fact. She said that. No, she didn't. But uh, uh, I want to welcome a guest on the show, uh, Harrison Beebe. What's going on, man? Austin, good to talk to you, brother. We've, we've now officially chatted for about 10 minutes in, in the real world, and uh, it's been splendid. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we know each other through mutual friends from work, and now uh, we, uh, we both found out that we love wrestling, and you said, hey, man. What you a have, crazy one. Right? Hey, man, you have a podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about wrestling. So here we are, man. Let's just shoot the breeze and talk about the Tyler breeze. Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully just, he doesn't come on here. Uh, well, you know, if he was standing next to me, I think that'd be pretty cool. He'd probably give you a fashion ticket, though, so I don't, you know, he would you just woke up, so you're probably still in your PJs. Uh, if you ever saw me outside of my PJs, then that sounded weird. I was going to say, if you saw me in normal, <laughs> normal day clothes, I would get a fashion ticket anyway. Uh, I ruined the joke. It's fine. Uh. Well, this, considering the SmackDown tag team scene is pretty irrelevant, he probably does have time to give us a few minutes, so maybe we'll try him for the next one. There you go. That is a perfect segue, because we are on the road to WrestleMania, and that's one topic that I was going to bring up, and you just brought it up right there. Uh, we have no clue what's going to happen with... American Alpha at WrestleMania. That is one uh, title that I have not seen any progress as far as what's going to happen at the biggest show of the year. The ultimate thrill ride. <laughs> right. And we, I mean, everyone else kind of has some sort of program. Uh, the Raw tag team belts, they're going to do a match on Raw and they're going to determine what's going to happen there. Universal title, of course, uh, WWE title, so on and so forth. American Alpha just seems to be left out in the dust. Which is a shame because a year ago at WrestleMania weekend, they're in that opener of NXT Dallas with uh, the revival, and they put on, you know, excluding the Zayn Nakamura match in that show, they put on, I think, the second best match on that show, and that was kind of my introduction to American Alpha, and they were amazing. The crowd was eating them up, and it was like it's only a matter of time before these guys get called up and and start doing some damage, especially with the shows being split. They can kind of take over a show, and they've taken over a show. Part of that could be the division is pretty weak when you cut it in half and you're wrestling the Ascension and nothing against the Usos, but I, I mean, we all know the Usos and American Alpha aren't going to be anything compared to New Day and Enzo and Cass. I mean, I personally rank a lot of teams ahead of the club, but uh, be that as it may, the club are your raw tag team champions. I don't know. I think that's just our big thing we reflect on tonight. There is no way this would be like WrestleMania four. If you were going to try and get all these storylines and all these belts and all these matches on the show, there's no way they can get every single title and every single meaningful feud on that regular pay-per-view. The, the kickoff show is at least going to have three matches. And I think American alpha, they'll be probably in that ring 5 PM Eastern standard time wrestling for those early pre-show fans who are going to prepare to give McMahon eight hours of their attention. And how crazy is it that, like you said, American alpha, they tore the house down in Dallas, and now they're likely going to be on the pre-show at WrestleMania. Despite, you know, they've been a constant on SmackDown since they've been called up, since they were drafted. They've been good. Like, I don't think American Alpha's done anything wrong, but now they're just left out in the dust because we've got all these part-time people that need their, their uh, 20 yeah. minutes of fame. Paydays. Paydays, big paydays. I'm doing the money symbol with my fingers right now, yeah. 
And I can appreciate that because the Geekiverse knows me as the money. And that's what I've always been. And that's what I'll always be. Shane McMahon is, doesn't have anything on me. I just run. Oh, I thought you were related to Ted DiBiase. <laughs> I can't do that laugh as much as I try. I can imitate no, Ted DiBiase Jr. Not Ted DiBiase oh. Sr. You're totally Ted DiBiase Jr. I am. Remember when he was supposed to be the next big thing? People loved him. And you and I were talking about podcasts beforehand and ones that we listened to. Bruce Pritchard, I'll, shameless plug to him, I guess. I don't know, like he needs it. Uh, shameful, shameful. Right? He, uh, he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't care. No one listens to this. <laughs> I should have broke that news. You never no know. It's cares. the internet. Yeah. Uh, but he said Ted DiBiase Jr. was one of the guys. Like, everyone thought he was going to be the one, and then it just never happened. I, who knows? Well, you need, you need certain things to, to step up in wrestling and – Poor Ted, he just, he had the look, he had the lineage, he had good wrestling moves, but he just didn't appear to have, he definitely wasn't a good talker. Right. And, I mean, Cody Rhodes, you could kind of tell, was going to pass him, and then poor Cody, he's, I actually just left the city of Kalkaska, and Cody Rhodes is booked for an indie show in Kalkaska there in a few months here, so even Cody's not getting the limelight as much. But going back to Alpha real quick, how nuts is it that two months ago, the projected tag team title match was going to be champions Orton and Wyatt giving the belt to American Alpha, and now you jump ahead two months, Alpha is going to be buried on the pre-show while Wyatt and Orton sit third, third, or fourth tier down for a title belt. Do you think they're going to go that far down, uh, uh, Wyatt and Orton? I, it just, I mean, obviously the top two, we're not, we're not pulling any punches. It's Lesnar, Goldberg, and Taker Reign. Those are the segments on Raw. Those are the segments ending the shows. Uh, unless they want to do some funky mix-up where you put the big matches in the middle and then put a women's... But every match is being built up as you know a non-squash, an effective like, five, ten-minute at least match, so you can't even get some popcorn bathroom breaks in here. <laughs> this card is just so loaded, I don't even know how you start it, much less how you fit everything in and not burn the live crowd out, much less the fans who are going to be watching on the network. I mean, tell me, last year you weren't completely blown up by the time we got to 11.30 and Reigns and Triple H for 15 minutes into their half-hour snooze fest. Oh, I, luckily for me, I didn't get to watch it live because I was working, you know. <laughs> luckily. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I got home, I watched it uh, overnight, and, yeah, I was burnt out just watching it, you know, trying to get through everything that happened. And then the culmination of that was, like you said, Reigns and Triple H. It's like, uh, they're booing the main event of WrestleMania. This should not happen. What are you people doing? But, I mean, you tell me, though. I, th- I think it's pretty clear that our, our top two matches are the universal title match and the battle for the big dog in the big yard or whatever they want to pitch it as, <laughs> Undertaker Reign. Yeah, I definitely think Lesnar and Goldberg are going to end the show. And uh, as much as it pains me, I, I feel like this is different compared to WrestleMania 20. Uh, I feel like Goldberg, this is Goldberg's last match, in my opinion. I think he's done after this. Lesnar's getting the belt. Yeah, uh, it just it still doesn't feel like a good ending to WrestleMania. But how does Lesnar get the belt? That's the key to this whole thing. Uh, like, does he squash him or does he beat him clean or what do you mean? Well, yeah, there's more. They could reenact the rest WrestleMania 20 match. I'm sure Stone Cold would love to guest referee again, just like the olden days, driving ATV down. <laughs> or they could squash him as well from Lesnar's perspective. Or uh, maybe give it the Lesnar beatdown, the John Cena 24th SummerSlam 2014 beatdown, where he just suplexes him 15 times and finally pins him. Yeah, I could see either of those happening. I feel like they, I, it would make sense if that's Goldberg's last match, just you know, let him go out being beaten up. That's what you do in wrestling. But uh, mm-hmm. I, 
I feel like unless you're Bret Hart. Unless you're Bret Hart. Oh, too soon. Too soon. Uh, <laughs> too late. <laughs> too late. Well, yeah. In one way or another. Uh, yeah. I. I don't know, and that's that's the thing. Like, if Reigns beats Taker, which I think is going to happen, and I'm gonna vomit all over the place, uh, then you're gonna end with Lesnar, a heel, technically heel champion, winning the whole thing. I mean, yeah, but ask yourself this right now: You're going into Mania, the seventy thousand at the it was Citrus Bowl, now what camp, outdoor, indoor camping world stadium, whatever it's called. <laughs> right. You got seventy thousand people there. Who are they gonna cheer more? Goldberg, who hasn't wrestled more than five minutes total, or Lesnar, who is heavily projected to get the belt anyways, and the fans usually cheer for it no matter what. I don't know. I've said, I've thought this every time Goldberg goes out there. The one time they haven't been with him, well, I mean, they've been with Goldberg every time. The one time they haven't been against Brock Lesnar is in Minnesota, and that failed terribly, that promo. And this Monday, and this past Monday. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Chicago crowd was heavy Lesnar. That that's a true that's a wrestling crowd and you know Orlando I feel like should be a wrestling crowd too because TNA was based there forever uh, so they kind of get it but you know well but you know WrestleMania is like a Chicago it's a smart crowd all the smart fans travel and cheer I mean you talk about heels ending the show with the belts like two years ago Rollins cashes in as a pure heel no doubt about it and the crowd goes crazy because they knew it wasn't Reigns winning the belt at the end of the night so. True. Well, plus that was freaking awesome. I mean, that saved that. Record. That was freaking awesome. <laughs> when I was watching it with your boy Spencer and and Kyle, your boy Spencer and Kyle, we uh, yeah, we blew up pretty good at the end of that one. That was a fond memory for the uh, wrestling database. I pretend not to know them on this show, just so you know. Oh boy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't, I would actually like to get <laughs> shout them. out to Wood TV. Yeah. Well, now people know where I work. Now I'm gonna get fired. Thanks. <laughs> no, wood but, TV. No, it's it's a television uh, wood making business. You you make <laughs> televisions out of wood. Yeah, it's very profitable too. Uh, beavers I, love it. Ironically, my high school mascot was the beavers. Shout out to Harper Creek. There you go. Uh, oh, Harper comes, Creek. I know them. There you go. It comes full circle. I would love to get Spencer and Kyle on the show. Uh, I tried to set up a Royal Rumble thing uh, back in the day with all of us, and then you know my life sucks and I work overnights, but. Uh, at some point, we'll all definitely have to get together and watch some wrestling. Yeah. We would have to be in the same room to really get those heated discussions going. Yeah, Fist would be flying. It'd be great. <laughs> I feel like you would take me. You're pretty tall from what I understand. Tall tall in stats, probably not too tall in stature, but <laughs> I'll take the compliment wherever I can get it. There you go. So uh, so you think no, no matter what, Reigns is beating Taker? I, no matter Sounds like we're in agreement Lesnar beats Goldberg, but Reigns for sure beats Taker? Uh, Lesnar's, yeah, Lesnar's winning the belt. It's got to happen. Uh, I, I feel like they're going to make Reigns beat Taker. I feel like it's going to happen. I don't like to say it, but it's, why else? Why else? I, I, uh, obviously in the most sense, you have to find that that, that makes the most sense. Taker's on his way out and Reigns is still apparently is the project in all their eyes, but you'll, you'll take notice in besides the Braun Strowman win, which was huge for him to get a few days ago. Besides that, what has been the biggest Roman Reigns win since WrestleMania? Well, since the AJ Styles feud when he had the belt. I, I the agree. Rusev U.S. title belt? Yeah, I, I'm with you. And people were mad about that. I know I was pretty mad that he just kept, like, pooping all over Rusev. And Rusev was being pushed as, like, the mega-peeled foreign guy like he was previously before Cena took him down. 
Uh, yeah, but now that he's got that haircut, anything's possible. He's handsome. He's handsome, Rusev. <laughs> uh, you're right. Reigns has not won since the big Strowman win, which to me was monumentally stupid. Um, yeah. I would have gone with a Strowman Undertaker match if I was, but I think we talked about that on Twitter before. Like, that just seems. And the Chicago crowd clearly wanted that too. When they were face to face, you got the holy chance. Like, you had a money match there because you had Undertaker against the bigger guy, a prime guy, a guy that the fans buy into as a legit heel. And maybe Roman Reigns is bought into as a legit heel, but he's not a heel. So therein lies your problem, putting face Roman Reigns, who's shorter than The Undertaker. So I think it's funny to watch that. And he's looking up into The Undertaker's eyes. (laughs) I'm the big dog now as I peer up into your glassy eyeballs. As I bark really quietly. (laughs) Uh, Something someone brought up to me. I can't remember if it was in our group chat that I have with my friends. Uh, I don't think Undertaker can tombstone Braun Strowman. Probably not, but didn't did he tombstone Mark Henry in that match they had? I want to oh. say he did. Now he was ten years uh, younger, but I think if they went off the ropes, if Strowman he's been going trying to go off the top rope, if he like went to the top rope again, Undertaker tripped him up and kind of pulled him in to the tombstone. I think they could pull it off. So he wasn't lifting him. Yeah, if yeah. they did something like that, kind of like when Cena picked up Big Show and Edge at the same time. See now all this pointless wrestling knowledge is just seeping out of my my head here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm with you. That would make sense. Uh, I, I, I don't understand why you're going to book Roman Reigns to beat Braun Strowman at Fastlane, only having to lose at WrestleMania to Undertaker. This you know is I mean? true. This is true. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was honestly shocked that there wasn't uh, a screwy finish with uh, Reigns and Strowman. And then I was shocked that Strowman lost clean after a second spear. And now his push is just basically done. Because I don't know what Strowman does at WrestleMania. Dude, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Oh, great. Because that's been so entertaining for the past. Which will probably be on the pre-show. Right. right. I mean, Corbin winning last year was a shock. I wasn't, like, amazed by it. I didn't care. You know, Big Show winning the year before was whatever. And then Cesaro, the first ever Andre the Giant winner, had that big monumental moment where he throws Big Show over, and then they just they don't do anything with him. They give him Paul Heyman, and it's terrible. They gave him Paul, yeah. Gave him Paul Heyman that annoying fire hire and uh, annoying sound as his entrance theme. And I actually do kind of like Cesaro's theme song now. I'm not I'm not going to bag on it anymore. It's going but, on you, isn't it? <laughs> just a little. It's better than the uh, All Americans or what was that tag team he had with Jack Swagger? Yeah, the All Americans with the Death Coulter. I just. Real Americans, yeah. Something like that. (laughs) So, yeah, okay. So the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is kind of a waste, but it is a way to keep him in the limelight all the while he doesn't really have an interesting match. But I go back to my original point, where, even if he had another match, where are you going to put him? Where, How are you going to assemble all these pieces to fit into a four-hour show? Four-and-a-half-hour show, we'll assume. Seven-hour show, eight-hour show, 24-hour. Well, but you and me admit we're not watching the pre-show. We're, I, maybe you'll turn it on at 6.30, maybe, in which case you'll get the raw tag team four-way match. Man. And you'll see Ento and Cass win the belts, and then boom. Then uh, Lady Gaga shows up to do the national <laughs> anthem, and we go into the show. Uh, you are just as bad as my other uh, partner in crime, the Angry Raven. He said that the raw tag team belts are going to be on the pre-show as well, and I want you all to bite your tongue. The, the club will not defend the titles on the pre-show. It's not going to happen. 
They won the belts on the pre-show. What makes you think they won't defend them on the pre-show? Oh, I hate your logic because it's so true. I just, yeah, you're right. I and the, the sad part is the Rumble, they only had three other matches. Like, they could have easily fit a 10-minute tag match on that main Rumble card. They didn't do it. They still stuck them on the pre-show. Yeah. No, but realistically, a WrestleMania card, you don't want to bloat it up. The tops you can do is probably 10, maybe 11. And you can make the list all you want, whether Seth Rollins, Triple H is happening, AJ, Shane, which hopefully we can touch on here before we go. Uh, both tag titles, both women's titles, IC belt, US belt, uh, cruiserweight belt, mm-hmm. under the giant memorial battle. Ro- like, it, it, I don't want to watch all that wrestling in one night. I've heard it pitched that maybe WrestleMania should be a two-night event for the future. And I'm, if this is how stacked they're going to be, you know, I'm not totally against that idea. Yeah, I don't think there's enough coffee in the world to pull off that for me personally. Uh, that that is a lot of belts. Not to say that I forgot all about the cruiserweight match that's probably going to happen. Neville. Well, and then what are they going to do? Are they gonna, well? Are they going to Neville and Aries, or are they going to do a giant ladder match? I've heard those theories too. I hope it's not a ladder match. Uh, I mean, well, I guess that would be kind of cool to see how the cruiserweights doing flippy stuff. <laughs> all right, your- what would you rather have, Neville Aries pre-show or ladder match main show? Yeah, you would probably open the show and on the main show. I'd I would do that, just like last year with the IC belt. Have some yeah. Crazy oh yeah, moment. the last two years they've had the. Mm-hmm. But then the problem becomes that gets the crowd so hyped, it's it's like the next hour is trash until you get a one of the meaningful matches up there. And the, and I think that's the biggest problem. And you know, once again, shout out to Bruce Pritchard for bringing this up. He said that the biggest thing for WrestleMania was when he was in the booking meetings. They simply try and get as many people on the show so people can get a payday. And that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. But at the same time, like, you're just kind of, like, ignoring the fact that you're draining your fans of any ability to watch six hours of wrestling or whatever it may be. It's ridiculous. Oh, and the percentage of fans that actually watch all six hours, I'm, I'm sure, is horrifically low. Uh, just to give you another example, uh, were you at WrestleMania 23? Was I at WrestleMania 23? No. At Ford Field? No? Okay. So I was. I got to go to that one, which was awesome. Now I have to Um, And I just, I actually just watched it back on DVD a couple weeks ago. DVD, not the network. I own the DVD. Um, (laughs) And it was great. It started off with the Money in the Bank ladder match, the one Mr. Kennedy won before Mr. Kennedy lost it all. Kennedy. Um, Yeah. Oh, man. Kennedy. I echo it again. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they opened with that match and then immediately went into promos, uh, all grown up featurettes that they were pushing for the theme of the show. And then they had Kane and Kali, and then a match I was looking forward to at the time, Benoit and MVP for the United States belt. But I remember sitting there in Ford Field, the whole time the crowd is just sitting on their hands, bored out of their minds, guys on their cell phones being like, yeah, I'm at WrestleMania, and it's not so great so far. Then they brought in the Undertaker-Batista match for the world title in the middle, and that got the crowd pretty jacked up again. But what you did with that ladder match is you made something so exciting from the get-go that he made it impossible to top for at least a little bit until the crowd was kind of going to get something big again. It it needs to be like a, yeah, like you said, there's always seems to be a bell curve type of momentum thing for WrestleMania. Uh, You start off hot. Well, that's probably not the right analogy. Uh, It's a slope. There you go. It's a slope. It starts off Well, you got to start high. You got to do something to get the crowd going. Right. But, you know. In the previous years, and you get all those guys in the ladder matches, and the ladder matches are obviously going to be one of the more entertaining ones of the night. You only set yourself the next few matches up, you know, unless unless it's another somewhat main event. Even Jericho Styles last year, I think, suffered a little bit from being the second match 
following the ladder match. Yeah, and I was so excited for Jericho Styles because my first wrestling event was Fastlane in Cleveland, the WrestleMania or the pay per view before that WrestleMania. That's my first. That was your ever. first wrestling event. Yeah, man. Wow. I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> You're a young Padawan. Wow. There, there you Jeez. go. Star Wars reference. Well, real quick lesson for both of us, ignoring everybody who might be listening to the When did you first get into wrestling? Uh, I got into wrestling as a kid because of my cousin. Uh, so probably as well a kid, teen, teenage years. Uh, I started watching WWE and or WWF at the time, and then WCW. And I would just flip. It's like, what was the moment? What was the instance or feud or whatnot that grabbed you and said, "No, I'm I'm sitting on this couch forever Monday nights watching." <laughs> probably, probably something to do with The Rock and Stone Cold when that happened. Uh, those two just, you know, the charisma, ridiculous. Yeah, I was right around the same era. I was fall of '98. Do you remember the show Livewire? Uh, it sounds real familiar. Yeah. Michael Cole, before he was anything, hosted a Saturday morning recap show called Livewire. So I used to catch that on Saturday mornings and then slowly morphed into the, the Monday Night Raw watcher and, uh, yeah, the Stone Cold McMahon and then Rock Feud. They'll just kind of put us where we are today. Yep. And then my, my grandpa kind of – my grandpa was always my hero, and then he kind of made it cool for me. Like, he was watching it one day, and he goes, you ever see this Rock guy? And I'm like, hell yeah, I've seen this Rock guy. Let's talk wrestling, Grandpa. So uh, after that, I was always hooked on it, and here we are now, still talking about it as a you know mid-aged adult, whatever, no big deal. Wrestling. Well, people cool. make fun of us, but at the same time, I tell them, I if you if you watch it for the first time as an adult and you think it's the weirdest thing you've ever seen, I totally agree with you, and I totally see your com- where you're coming from. To see where we're coming from, you and I, is that when this thing has an effect on you at a younger age, like it did. All of that stuff, all of that nostalgia, all that storytelling, all of that fantasy, all that you know, concept of mixing the world of sports and athleticism with the world of movies and TV shows and entertainment, it's just a perfect storm for that stuff. And when they do it right, they do it really, really well. They just haven't been doing it right for, you know, a while. They haven't. Probably ever since CM Punk left. I don't know. Maybe oh. shortly after Daniel Bryan won the belt. Is that too soon? Since we both punk, punk lovers? I, I love that Stephanie McMahon is now, every time she walks into Chicago, is destined to get the CM Punk chant. That is going to make me so happy. I, I almost I, want to go to a Chicago show just to be in that, in that chant with them. You took it out of my mouth. I want to go to a Chicago <laughs> show now and just be like one of those guys chanting CM Punk because oh, I love it when she gets ripped like that. You can tell in the women's promo, too, they kept doing it even after she yelled at him about it. They kept doing it, and she just talked fast and looked at everybody to try and Make sure the viewing audience wouldn't really catch up on it, but they kept going. So props to them. I was going to say props to Goldberg because when he was sitting there with his <laughs> new Universal butt, uh, title, they were chanting CM Punk, and he goes, yeah, I hear that. And then he just went <laughs> yeah. for a minute. It's like, whoa, Goldberg can like go off the fly here. He's going off the cuff. Look at him go. Well, sort of. I still don't think Goldberg coherently knew exactly what they were saying. I'm going to assume he thinks they were calling Kevin Owens a punk or something like that. But uh, be that as it may, yeah, Chicago, great, great wrestling city. Um, yeah, we're going some someday. We're gonna. Have, they should have a WrestleMania at Soldier Field. They really should do that. Well, we know it won't be next year because New Orleans. Well, we know it probably won't be any year. Their current trend is having them all south, so they probably love having the week-long festivities in the warmer temps. Yeah, we did. Uh, the Angry Raven and I did a podcast about that, and it's, uh, it's unfortunate that they can't seem to get their head out of their butts and get a show somewhere outside of the warmer weather. That's just me. 
I I can see both sides. As a fan up here, I definitely want them to come back up here because I've, I've got to go to another one of those shows. I don't think I properly appreciated being at 23 when I was there just because I was still in college, and I, I think I went into it hoping for like one of the best all-time. And it wasn't one of the best all-time, but I think over the years with the Cena-Michaels match and the Undertaker-Batista match and the Money in the Bank and now uh, our infamous current president being a big part of that show, <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be looked back at as one, one of the better ones in, in history. And Okay, so since you brought that up, this year's WrestleMania, as we've discussed, the card is uh, loaded. But there's a lot of matches that uh, leave me less than whelmed, as we like to say at the Geekiverse. Uh, what's, you know, where do you think this is going to fall? There's a lot of dull matches on the card. AJ McMahon, like you said, AJ Shane, uh, Cena and Nikki versus The Miz. AJ Brings. McMahon's got, we haven't really touched on it yet, AJ McMahon's got potential to be entertaining. I mean, AJ's in it, and Shane's always going to put on a show. As long as it doesn't go 30 minutes, and Shane jumps off a cage at the end, and they don't recreate last year, then we're fine. But AJ's going to want to put on a show. Shane's going to want to do a couple things that are insane in the crowd. So that has the potential to be good. Show stealing, yeah, it, it shouldn't be. But anyways, keep going. No, I'm with you. I mean, AJ and Shane on the surface as a wrestling fan seems kind of mad. And that's strictly because Shane McMahon is not a wrestler. He can do moves, and he's not terrible, but he's not like you're classically trained, I did this for 20 years, and now I'm AJ Styles. He strictly was, you know, a guy who got in the business because of his father, and now he's doing stunts off of, you know, a 20-foot cage. But, like, yeah, like you said, I think AJ can carry him to some extent, and it'll be okay, it'll be entertaining, but it's not, it's not what I wanted for AJ Styles. No, no. Uh, well, by comparison, too, what did you think of HBK Vince at, at 22? Which, sorry, which match? The street fight between H- uh, Shawn Michaels and Vince at 22. Did you like that? Because that was kind of how a lot of people were hating going into that match, and a lot of people really liked it in yeah. the end. I mean, it wasn't a five-star match, but that they did pretty much the best they could do with the pieces in place. They came across very entertaining. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it was it was okay. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Shawn Michaels, it's hard to hate any match that he does aside from me. But AJ and, Styles is, this day and age, is Shawn Michaels. Right. And Shane is a better athlete than his dad ever was. So realistically, this match should exceed that match. Yeah, I don't think Shane's ever tore his quads walking down to the ring. <laughs> Arguing about Royal Rumble finishes. Right. Uh, oh, man, watching that live, that was fun. <laughs> uh, I think this, like you said, it'll be okay. I mean, but I mean, that's just one of those matches where I, I was hoping for maybe an AJ Joe match. Maybe that'll happen now because they'll have like uh, Stephanie McMahon, Shane McMahon. They'll be the brother and sister fighting. They're like, all right, we'll put your top guy against one of our top guys. And here you go. But I don't know. That's what I was hoping for. I would like that, but you know, with all these backstage you I thought it was kind of a curveball this week when they were having Shane defend AJ's right to the title match. Right. And I was That's like, well, I'm how thinking. are they going to feud if Shane's full-on supporting AJ? But then they showed that segment afterwards where Road Dog, oh, you didn't know, comes in, breaks him up. <laughs> One of my favorites from the editor. I always love Road Dog. Um, so I, I got to believe we're going that route. I think I told you on Twitter my fantasy for AJ Shane. As the show starts, AJ comes out, Shane comes out, does his what up, Orlando, and he's in street clothes, so he's clearly not wrestling, and he gives a little spill. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I could have wrestled tonight, but uh, I figured I'd give you some world-class competition anyways. And then the violin's hit, and Shinsuke Nakamura makes his main roster debut in a 
presumably amazing four plus four and a half, maybe five star potential classic to open WrestleMania. Uh, and I don't think we've ever had a debut at WrestleMania like that. I know, like, oh, like that? No, right. I know. Uh, obviously, Fandango had his first match ever at WrestleMania, but he was on the Raw show before that, dancing stupidly. Uh, maybe Emma. Maybe Emma will finally debut at WrestleMania. Oh my God, the new, <laughs> the new reincarnated Emmeline. Emma. She's now Emma. Did you see the promo on Raw? She was Emmalina. Yeah. And now she's back to badass Emma. I can't. Just back to dancing with her hands yeah. in that weird Santino Morella fan, fangirl way. I can't wait. Well, yeah, that'd be my fancy booking for the AJ Shane feud. They tease it, but then they don't actually have the match. Is that going to happen? No. The <laughs> WWE minds are thinking, oh, we got to hold Finn Balor and Nakamura until the, the Raw and SmackDown's after and, you know, really make their, their impact known. So we're going to get the Shane-AJ match pretty sure. I don't even need to bother talking about Cena and Miz. Nikki Maurice. I mean, the promos have been good, but it's just going to be a mixed tag match. What is a mixed tag match ever? Apparently, the rumors are Cena is going to propose to Nikki after the match is over. Have you heard those? I've heard that. I was going to bring it up. Uh, if that happens, I vehemently said I will turn the TV off and walk away because then you're just pooping for good? all over wrestling. No, no, just for the just for the event. Oh, <laughs> I'm done with wrestling. Maybe they should that close night. the show with that then. They better because I I can't. Well, they- is that crowd going to just try to recreate them? The... <laughs> uh, you know, something that she, to keep in mind, the majority of those fans probably don't know that could be coming. And they're just trying to top the, the Macho Man Liz reunion from WrestleMania 7, probably with a little tear, tear felt uh, embrace, except that one's legit real. Right. And to get something on Total Bellas or whatever the show's called these days. So, yeah, I don't need to feel like talking about that match. It's a mixed tag match. Those are never, I mean, the best one was probably the one that Sable was in. Back in the day with Mark Miro. Right. Mark Miro. Wild man. <laughs> what was his name? Um, the Wild. Triple H Rollins. Is that even going to happen? They, uh, I, I feel like they wouldn't push it this hard and have like Triple H doing promos and Rollins doing promos and they're doing vignettes about Rollins doing his training. I feel like they wouldn't do that unless it's going to happen. So do you think they're overselling the injury and he really doesn't need any of that stuff and he's just kind of taking a few weeks to make sure everything's good? No, I think he's injured uh, to some extent because they those vignettes, maybe they're just trying to re- – maybe that's old file footage of him uh, training from his other injury. I don't know. But uh, there was a tweet with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins where they were uh, two sweeting uh, in a – like not a hospital bed but a recovery room. And they're both just chilling on their beds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was on Valentine's Day or something, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. So I think it's, I think it's a real injury. I think he's hurt, but I don't think he's like – he didn't tear his ACL again or whatever he did last time. I, th- I think he's going to be okay. I think he'll wrestle. Yeah, I just I just can't buy space Seth Rollins. I just think he's so much. But he's, I just hate him. I, I, I legitimately hate him when he's on the screen. So, therefore, he should be a bad guy. Let's get into that. Why do you hate him? I, he just he has that look on his face. Like, I, he'd walk into a bar, and I'd be like, I hate that guy. I hope I don't run into him for any given reason. <laughs> I mean, he's fine at promos. I respect his ring work, obviously. He's a, you know, the CrossFit Jesus or whatever they call me. Yeah, trademark that. Um, <laughs> but I, it just he's always comes across as a heel to me. Like, some guys are just legit heels. He, he gets cheers because he's good at what he does, but I just he just seems like a – a bad guy to me. I, I don't think he's... Uh, did you watch his 24 documentary they had on the network? Yes, I did. And even there, it was come, kind of like... Uh, uh, he comes you, across to me as just an... 
He, like, takes video games way too seriously. It seems kind of like a loner who does his own thing and is not interested in, like, mingling with others. He just doesn't seem like a fun guy. Whereas, like, I latch on to Chris Jericho because he seems like the funnest guy on that roster. And, like, I could sit in the car with him for hours on road trips and have a lot of great times and great laughs. That does not seem like Seth Rollins to me. Yes. Oh, the best story when he was on Swerved and they kicked him out of the arena. Did you see that? Yeah. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Oh, losing is cool. And just pro- throwing the not so humble brag WWE champion in the security guard's face. Like that, that also adds to it. That's not just a very talented wrestler. I think he should be a heel. I can't buy him against heel Triple H. I, I think he is the classic definition of a douche. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we can compromise on that for sure. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because, it, like you said, his in-ring work is good. His promos are pretty solid. I, I do not like his face promos. I liked it better when he was a Weasley heel and he just whined all the time. It's like, oh, I hate you. You, didn't, you don't like Sparkle Crotch? I don't, you don't like think Sparkle, sparkle Crotch was great? No. <laughs> it's better than su- Suffer and Succotash, though. Well, pretty much anything Rollins has done is better than <laughs> Reigns' promos. His promos are garbage. Uh <laughs> so, uh, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, I think that might be the match of the night, uh, just because of the psychology in there. What say you? Uh, it's definitely the best built feud. And that's included in my opinion, that's including the Wyatt. Um, and it's including Goldberg Lesnar. I, I just think you have, you have two guys that know how to talk in the mic as they proved in that opening promo the other night. And you have the history there. Um, and you have the right guy being the face and the right guy being the heel, even though I think those roles could be switched. You obviously need, you know, Kevin Owens is a bigger guy. It makes more sense to him, for him to be the current mainstay bruiser guy in that, in that role and Jericho to be a sympathetic good guy that people are always going to love. I just wonder where the list was on Monday. Why didn't this match get booked by Jericho putting him on the list? Oh, see, I guess that that's coming. Been... We have three weeks, but yeah, that would have been full circle for sure. Uh, it's I, probably coming the Monday before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing I love about this feud is they've given it so much time to build up, and they rarely do that for WrestleMania. Uh, how long have these guys been friends, quote-unquote, since SummerSlam when they beat Enzo August, yeah. Before yep, that? Since yeah. the brand split, basically. I think it was the first Raw, basically, that Jericho enlisted Owens. Or Yeah, that was it. Jericho got in a feud with Enzo and Cass, and he enlisted Owens as his backup. And the best thing, too, the Festival of Friendship, how many of us really thought that was going to be the breakup? Uh, I, I had a feeling, but not a strong feeling. I was like, maybe this is it, kind of those. But I've been saying that for like five weeks. I'm like, well, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. So I was taking a shot in the dark, and lo and behold, like you said, that was the one. So I didn't expect it. I think a lot of people just assumed that Fastlane, Jericho would screw something up, which he did. But uh, <laughs> in the sense of on Team KO, Jericho, and that was when it was going to happen. So they kind of clouded us thinking that's where they were going to go because the Festival of Friendship reminded me kind of what the, the This Is Your Life segment, yep. the rock and sock connection moment. Yep. And they obviously didn't break up in that segment, but uh, it turned into the barbershop on us with the rockers. So, And in a sense, I think it's given us our best, best built feud between two guys who we know can go. And I agree with you that will probably be the best match in the show, but I love Jericho, one of my favorites. At 46... He doesn't have four-and-a-half-star, you know, Shawn Michaels-type main event matches that you remember forever. He has really good matches. He doesn't have iconic remember-this-one-forever match. I remember five years ago, really looking forward to Punk Jericho, two of my favorites of all time, going at it for the belt. And it was a great match. 
I give that one four, four and a quarter, but I was really hoping that was to Roxine as Hogan Andre, that was going to be the steamboat savage of that show. And I just feel like it came up a little short in that end. And then I fear now with Owens and Jericho, they're going to have a good match, but is it going to be reminiscent of maybe AJ Jericho from a year ago where they're a little underwhelming and maybe their place in the card and the time they're given restricts them from really giving us a great match. No, I'm with you. I, like you said, Jericho punk was kind of my, uh, my saving grace for that WrestleMania. Cause I was like, Oh, these guys are going to steal the show. The promos have been great with Jericho talking about oh, one of my all time favorite promos. Yeah. And then he was smashing the bottle on his head. And it's like, all right, you're, you're get, you're throwing alcohol on a straight edge dude. Uh, obviously <laughs> I can, you know, attest to that. And I was like, Oh, that would piss me right off. Uh, so yeah. When well, you read his book too, they were supposedly going to tattoo him. That was yes. going to be part of the feud that Vince Nix, he was going to tattoo his name on punk which Punk wouldn't have cared. I mean, he's got a million on He's got Pepsi logo tattooed on his body. So. <laughs> and that's what Vince is like. He's like, why would this guy care that you're tattooing a dude with a bunch of tattoos? And Jericho was like, well, because I'm forcing it on him. It's not a tattoo he wants. It's when he is forcibly get whatever. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a great promo. I, like you said, the match itself was pretty underwhelming. Uh, so yeah, I'm, it was a good match. It was a good match. I just feel like it was in that spot. After Hell in a Cell, which was amazing, that was the third match I was most looking forward to on that show, and it turned out to be the best because of the Triple H Undertaker, Shawn Michaels right. psychology. And Roxena was good. Tough to wait a year for that one, but I was a <laughs> fan just like anybody else waiting for it and really wanted to see it. The underwhelming thing for me on that one is they gave Rock the win and then decided to give it to Cena the year later. But, yeah, I feel like Punk Jericho, you know, is that going to be the same type of restriction in a way that Jericho Owens gets? And if that's our show-stealing match, is that coming at what eight o'clock at night, and then there's five hundred things after that, plus a, a rock concert and a the rock <laughs> appearance to announce an attendance record? Right. Uh, well, here's the other thing: it's it's an outside dome, right? Or not not a dome? Sorry, it's yeah. an outside arena. It's the Citrus Bowl, right? It's the same building, yeah, yeah. as Citrus so, Bowl. Yeah. What what I failed to think of when we were going into 31 at San Francisco. Uh, when you have all these cool eerie pro, uh, entrances with like Bray Wyatt and Taker. Those have kind of got to go later in the card when it's dark out. Otherwise, it's going to look like mm. crap. The beauty of the East Coast, though, compared to the West Coast, it's going to get dark around 8. Good call. I forgot about Whereas that. Whereas San Francisco, that's why that sucked, because it wasn't getting dark there until about 10 Eastern Standard Time. Right. And so, yeah, they really had to shovel that stuff in at the end. Yeah. But I love those shows, too, and that you start during the day, and then you slowly see the sunset, and you end it at night. That's just always gets such a cool vibe. That's probably another reason why. I think 31 did so well. And I think that's a good way to wrap up this podcast right now. I think this show has a lot in common with 31. I went into 31 very underwhelmed. You had Reigns Brock, where it's presumed that Reigns was going to win. You had Wyatt Undertaker, which, you know, right after the streak was broken, was there really a lot of heat there? Triple H Sting, two 40 plus part timers going at it. Uh, Cena Rusev, you know, you can be happy that Cena is helping bring up the younger guys, but was, you know, a U.S. title feud really the best use of, of him. You know, so a lot of 31 reminds me of what we're going into right now. So in a sense, at the end of 31, I was pleasantly surprised and pleasantly happy. I don't know about yourself, but hopefully we can get the same kind of vibe with this card that seems underwhelming on paper, but all things check off and we get a few fun surprises in the end and we get a, we get a very entertaining show out of it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one as well. Uh, like underwhelming to start. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, glaring holes, I think. And, uh, like you said, hopefully I'm surprised. Like I was at 31 cause 31, there was just so many cool moments. I was like, all right, I can dig this. 
looking back at it, playing Monday morning quarterback, if you will. Uh, so hopefully we can, uh, we can be celebrating the Monday after WrestleMania, and then we'll have some epic moments on the Raw after WrestleMania, because it seems to happen every year. Some cool stuff's going to happen the night after. Oh, yeah, you'll get call-ups. Yeah, I, at this point, I'm just like, I'm anxiously awaiting Rude's main call-up, because his theme song is just the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Outside of cult of personality. No, it's it's glorious. That's right. It's 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 a glorious thing that ever happened to me. There you go. All right. We uh, play uh, Austin. I got guys at my TV station that don't like wrestling uh, and girls, and I play that song in the newsroom, and they freak out. Everybody loves it. Like you can't <laughs> not like that song. Wrestling fan, not wrestling fan. Everybody can get motivated and pumped and into something like that. That just gets you on your way. And little do they know, kind of like the Daniel Bryan Yes chant. It started from wrestling. And you're over. You're over in your newsroom. Congratulations. I am. It was that simple. I didn't even need a robe, and I didn't need to be Canadian or 40 either. I was <laughs> good to go. All right, man. No, uh, I'm anxiously anticipating Bobby Roode's call-up when, whenever that comes, either SummerSlam or next year. That, that'll probably be the next big guy to mark out for. And when that happens, I want you on the podcast again to tell me how awesome it is. Agreed. Hopefully sooner than later then. <laughs> yes, sir. Harrison, tell us where we can find you on Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want to say. I always like to give people shameless plugs here, so have at it. Uh, at Harrison BB, BB spelled B-E-E-B-Y is, is the Twitter handle. But, you know, if I get a few followers here and there, I do tweet about wrestling pretty often for a guy who's yeah. in charge of a, a high school sports department up in northern Michigan. Throwing a shameless plug to the work. I like it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Harrison, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, go back to work, I guess. Whatever you got to do, man. I I think I do. I think I have a show in 45 minutes. I should probably get prepped for it. But oh. you got a show in like an hour and eight hours you got to get prepped for. So. Yeah, I got to shower and go to work too as well. So thank you so much for joining us, man. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, Austin. Can't wait to talk again soon.